Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. On today's How Do You Hustle, we talk to Lottie DL. She's the founder of Banish and I have followed her for a really long time and she's an absolute warrior in the environmental and sustainability space. I've learned so much personally from her, so I thought she was the perfect guest to talk all things sustainability and I hope you enjoy. I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording, the Yugambeh people, and paying respects to elders past, present, and emerging. We're joined by Lottie DL. She's the founder of Banish and a sustainability advocate. How are you today, Lottie? I'm great. I'm really excited about this conversation. So thanks for having me. So am I. I have wanted to have someone on to specifically talk about this for a really long time. I've had sustainable founders on the show, but never someone who actually works solely basically within this space. So I'm really excited as well. And I think that there is a lot of information you could give that could help out other founders and business owners as well. I'm excited. I'm excited. So Lottie, For our listeners who don't know, tell us about Banish and how you got started. Yeah, so Banish is an education platform and also an online marketplace that helps Australians reduce their waste. The reason why I decided to start it was over five years ago now, I was the person who wanted to do the right thing. I wanted to do more. I knew I could do more when it came to the planet, but I wasn't exactly sure how. It was difficult, confusing, overwhelming. There was no simple answer. I thought that I was supporting a sustainable business and it turns out that I was being completely greenwashed and the stainless steel straws that I ordered, I ordered five of them, came individually wrapped in plastic. And I was just like, if we want people to live sustainably, we want to make it so easy that there's no reason for them not to, that they walk over to their recycling bin and they know within a second or two what can and can't be recycled and over five years ago that there was this really big missing gap in the market not many people were talking about sustainability there wasn't anything really in the mainstream apart from kind of fear-mongering from media outlets about kind of birds swallowing plastic or turtles with plastic straws up their noses but there wasn't any kind of 
actionable advice or tips that people could take. So I saw this really great opportunity to teach people. I was a journalist at the time. So I thought that I could use those skills that I had as a journalist to teach people how to reduce their waste and how to live more sustainably. But I could also see an opportunity for lots of small Australian businesses who are doing such amazing things and making their own beauty products from scratch and doing small batch cleaning products and all of this great stuff, but they didn't have a way to market themselves to mass audiences. So I thought that I could be that connector. So that was kind of what led me to start Banish and it has just completely grown. I think I was really I'm not, I'm not going to say lucky because I, it was a calculated move. I mm. knew at the time it was a risk, I would say, because I thought that sustainability needed to be spoken about more, but I wasn't entirely sure that it was going to be. Yeah. And I'm lucky that now it is front of mind for so many people, businesses, organizations, and government. Yeah, it really has shifted, hasn't it? Probably the last few years, I think I would say, or maybe five years, but yeah, certainly the last few years, I think the conversation has just escalated. And I used to be a journalist as well. And you're right. It was just really those stories that you mentioned that you would see, but I feel like now you really are seeing it even in the mainstream media, which is amazing. Uh, So tell me, you've sort of touched on it, but prior to you starting Banish, like was sustainability and recycling something that you were interested in and like why do you think that is and like when do you think that interest actually formed yeah I would say that kind of I haven't been like a through and through greenie my whole life I've always been somebody who's probably loved animals and I've loved people and like I've loved the outdoors but it wasn't like I was kind of like a toddler that was recycling all the time (laughs) and I was definitely like that I was this like in my early 20s before I started Banish I was that person that was consuming fast fashion consuming plastic doing all of these things with probably not that I would say disregard for the planet, but I just don't think it really entered my decision-making processes. So when I first started Banish, it was quite lucky because I was then able to be the person that I was targeting at the same time. So it's like I was on this learning journey to becoming more sustainable. I was kind of learning as I was going and I would just be like, okay, I need to produce waste in my bathroom right now. So I would look at a razor and I'd go okay well what's a sustainable option for a razor I'd do all of my research I'd find the right suppliers I would do kind of the due diligence on their supply chain and then I would write about it and I would teach people about my journey and that's kind of how it happens so it's not like I've been yeah this expert my whole entire life but over the past five years I have literally like lived and breathed this and I still learn new things each and every day because this industry is evolving so quickly and so fast at the moment, which is amazing. It's kind of like just the people that you're talking to. There's new research that's happening. There's new studies that are happening. There's new packs. It's all happening really quickly. But I don't think that I would have described younger me as a little, what did you call me, an environment, a sustainability advocate. Yeah, I think that's more relatable though, because I think we all as a whole are trying to do better and constantly learning. And it's refreshing to hear someone 
who's honest about that and says, you know, you, you yourself are still learning and you haven't always been the pinup girl for this. Totally. And I still get caught up by greenwashing. I still consume plastic. Like it's Easter. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to buy hot cross buns because they're in plastic right now. Like I'm still quite realistic. I like to think with my approach, which is that not everybody needs to be absolutely perfect, but we can all be doing a lot more than we have been. Had been exactly. So if you hadn't done this and taken this path like what do you think you would be doing do you think you would still be a journalist or yeah do you you even have an answer to that (laughs) I don't really know to be honest like I've never really thought about going getting out of Banish like I love it you love it so much so I haven't really thought about like a backup plan or like a sliding doors moment I I had a young like a mentor when I was younger who said to me like when I was entering the workforce full-time say that like you won't be there for long you will be doing your own thing and I kind of went at the time and was like oh yeah like cool like whatever but didn't really know what your own thing meant um so I don't really know what my backup plan would have been I love telling stories I love communicating with people so I think that's a written initially what led me to being a journalist so maybe it would be something in that sphere. But then and also in saying that, I think Banish was maybe my fourth or fifth business. Wow. So it's like I've always been kind of dabbling and trying new things and problem solving. I love that. Lottie, you were also the New South Wales 2023 Young Australian of the Year. Congratulations. That's a huge achievement. Thank you. So how did that come about? And was that a bit of a pinch me moment for you in this whole journey as well? Completely, complete pinch me moment. Um, I got the call probably not even that, like it was probably less than a month before the awards ceremony to tell me that I was one of the four nominees for New South Wales Young Australian of the Year, which was amazing and so exciting. Like, phenomenal and I remember when they were all announced like looking online and seeing the other amazing nominees and just being like this is so cool like this is so amazing to be in such kind of great company but also for sustainability to be recognized as something and for the fact that people want to celebrate it I think was also a really really huge win so I naively went into the whole kind of process um I went with one of my friends to the awards ceremony and both of us were like you did really well to get here but like you've got no chance of winning this so like let's just have a really good time so we just had the best time like there was a lunch on the day and we that. had this really fun time at the lunch and then in the like initial zoom briefings with all of the other nominees like they were very good at kind of being like you have a one in like you've got a 25% chance of winning this don't be modest think about what you would say if you won totally. like kind they were really good at kind of preparing and doing things like that did not listen to them <laughs> at all because i was like no I speech to the tips but i like this is just amazing to have made it to here like that nothing's going to happen and then when i was named it was like oh my gosh this is so exciting and Yes, such an amazing milestone. It's something that 
like I'm doing the work that I'm doing not for recognition and not for the awards and the accolades. So totally. honestly, the like the couple of days after it were quite tricky to kind of mentally be like, oh my gosh, like this is really exciting, but it kind of changed the trajectory of what I'm doing and the exposure mm. and the publicity, which has been so amazing, but it's very different from what the plan was with yeah. Banish. So that has just been yeah amazing and it's kind of like Banish is a bootstrapped company and we have never had funding or anything like that from anybody but I feel like this inadvertently was almost like our funding or our support because it was kind of like the New South Wales government being like we believe in you and what you're saying and your messaging and we want to give you this platform in order to get out there and to talk to as many people as you can and to open up these doors that were initially closed and kind of like padlocked shut um, (laughs) beforehand so that's been really really exciting and it's just been so much fun. It's incredible and yeah a huge testament as well to the work that you you do and it's funny you say that you didn't even think you had a chance I feel like so many people say that like people who are so successful (laughs) they they don't realize like I'm sure you realize all the work you've done but yeah it's like not until you actually win that you're like oh wow I did that (laughs) exactly yeah bizarre (laughs) Um, so what is the key piece of advice you have? This is actually a listener question. I put up a question box online and yeah. What would your key piece of advice be for businesses that are wanting to be a bit more sustainable in terms of, you know, packaging, recycling? I think that the most important thing with trying to kind of make a shift into sustainability as a business is to be radically transparent it's Mm. to be honest with where you're currently at and where you want to go and I think that that will be respected far more by industry your colleagues and your consumers than you kind of greenwashing or Mm. lying about it or not saying anything at all I think in this day and age consumers expect something of brands And I think it's really good. It's a really good opportunity for brands to acknowledge what they're up to. And like, it could be as simple as something like of saying, like, I I don't know, just thinking about the mailers, like you just said, then being something like by the end of 2024, we want to have um, like, we want to transition to using only cardboard packaging But right now we need to, we've got a surplus stock of 1,000 soft plastic pouches. So that's what we're getting through. So it's about kind of acknowledging where you're at, but also saying this is what we want to do. Because I think people are scared of saying that because they're not perfect yet and they're getting through this backlog. But I think you could say something like, yeah, by the end of 2025, we want to be only using cardboard and paper in our packaging. We want to have completely transitioned I don't know our energy provider to be more sustainable or we're going to have I don't know I'm just trying to think of some other examples more more of like a code of ethics yeah and that we're going to make that publicly available but you don't have to do it tomorrow but by saying that you're doing it 
in the next year or so you're acknowledging the journey that you're on because I think that I would be wary of any business and organization who says that they are perfect when it comes to sustainability because there's so much to be done and there's so much to do and everybody's on a journey everybody's on a at a different stage of that journey and depending on the size of your organization or the power that you have within that organization those changes are going to happen very quickly or very slowly and it might be the fact that you're dealing with I don't know a boss or a manager who I don't know doesn't see it that way or you've got investors who are more focused on your bottom line than looking at sustainability so I think it's about telling a story and being transparent with your audience and that's what I would try to get people to do and also to ask for help people are so generous and they're so happy to help brands that are looking to do something when it comes to the planet and I think that like nobody's going to turn around and say oh my gosh that was such a silly question like they're going to help you they're going to say here's what you should look for in a like here's what your code of ethics should be or have you thought about this or like here's my favorite paper packaging supplier so I think it's all about being realistic with the fact that you're on a journey being transparent with your audience and with your consumers and with your suppliers and it's sometimes sitting in that discomfort and kind of being uncomfortable with the fact that you're trying to do new things as a business that you're trying to push what probably wasn't well you push your norm to be something different but with the planet in mind and I think if you can put that forward to your customers and explain the why it will also be really powerful yeah I really think that's useful advice ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
and obviously it's it's about I think we've been in this like rat race of overconsumption and it's kind of dialing that back a little bit you know we see made to order and things like that happening in the clothing space like you know it's just I think about being a bit more considered maybe exactly and I think that it's really difficult because I find that a lot of brands when you talk about overconsumption and reducing consumption they're like well that's our bread and butter is people buying products but it's kind of going well no how can you look at your supply chain differently or how can you look at your customer behavior is it something like offering refills or reducing the number of drops that you do every year and making them more considered or looking into the materials that you're using and maybe it might mean an increase in the retail price of an item but translating to a cut like explaining to a customer exactly why you've made these changes and what's going on definitely I think that's useful advice do you see a lot of greenwashing in your line of work you know, in some of your dealings with, I guess, stakeholders and other businesses, like people probably coming to you thinking they're doing a great job, but you can see through it. (laughs) It's really difficult because I feel like with greenwashing, some companies are doing it to try and like be sneaky and cheeky and to manipulate customers um, in order for them to spend money with them. But Mm -hmm. I also do think that some people probably are trying to do the right thing and then they get caught up in it and that for me is really difficult and it's about having those conversations with people like I had a meeting with a brand the other day and we were just having a conversation and I they they showed me like they're like yeah like we're transitioning towards these like big five liter bottles so that we can do like refills and things like that and I was like oh I was like oh that's really great I was like the only thing is like you've chosen black as your packaging and Black is really hard to recycle in Australia. And it's just these little things like that, that they're doing all of the right things, but then there's like a certain little hiccups and they've got the best intentions. So I think it's, it's one of those tricky things that as marketers, I feel like marketing, the marketing team or the business owners, they're the ones that are inadvertently made the head of sustainability in businesses and organizations. Mm. And they've got no background and no training and probably no time to do all of the research and everything like that into it. So they've been told by somebody that this is a great sustainable option and they've just gone great. That is, and they haven't probably done their due diligence. And I don't think it's necessarily their fault, but I think if you're ever making any kind of claims about a product or about a business in relation to sustainability, recyclability, composting, I don't know, just ethical supply chain, everything like that. It's almost like you need to remember back at like when you were at school or at university, like having those references so that if anybody asks you, you've got it on hand, you've got the certifications, you can see it all there. Um, Because I think we're going to see a bigger crackdown. Like we've already started to see the ACCC crackdown on some big brands when it comes to greenwashing. And I probably think that quite a few of those brands were probably trying to manipulate the um, consumer. But I think with small businesses, we pro- they probably won't be looked at that harshly just yet by the ACCC, but they mm. probably will in the future. So if you're going to make any claims... I would just make sure that you really are a hundred percent certain on them, especially when it comes to what you put on your packaging, because 
with that packaging, with minimal water quantities, you're going to have it probably for quite a while. So you need to make sure that whatever you're saying on there is like concrete. Good, good advice as well. So I watch a lot of your posts. You do such a great job on the Banish social media channels. Um, And you do a lot of posts on what can be recycled and little tips for people. So I thought I'd ask a couple that probably come up a lot and just, you know, people may not know the answers. So, okay, I'm just going to fire them at you and you can um, let us know. So plastic containers that contain veggies like cherry tomatoes or mushrooms, you know, the ones from the supermarket. Can you recycle those or the ones that salads come in? Yes. Okay, cool. So like they a, go like in a, your recycling. like a firm plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Recycle. Amazing. Okay. I feel like I might have slipped up on that one before. <laughs> um, cereal boxes. So your Kellogg's, your Cocoa Pops. Box, yes. The inner plastic bag, no. No. Nut milk cartons. So like your almond milk cartons or um, those glossy kind of, I'm thinking you know, when you buy skincare and it comes in a little box, can those be recycled? Like a Tetra pack. So yeah. Yep. So Tetra packs are really difficult to recycle in Australia. This one, I would say that probably approximately 80% of councils won't let you curbside recycle these, but 20% will. So every single council in Australia recycles differently. So what I would recommend is that people contact, like look on your local council's website to see if they do or don't accept these, especially when they're items like oat milk or almond milk containers that we do use quite a lot of. Just check in with your council. Okay, great. I'm going to do that after this. And, you know, I guess when in doubt, check, right? Like just you, you can look online and yeah, with your local council or, you know, Google it even um, in Australia <laughs> um, and have exactly. a look. Exactly. And my biggest actually like saying and phrase to people is if in doubt, throw it out. Like if yeah. you're at the recycling bin and you're going, I don't really know whether this can or can't be recycled. It's actually to put it in your landfill bin because that is better than what is called wish cycling, which is when you aren't really sure, but you're like, I hope that this could be recycled. So you put it in your recycling bin. Yes. And obviously as well, I think a big one people don't realize is you have to rinse jars and things like that, don't you? Pretty, you need to give them like a light rinse. Yeah. It's all like recycling is a commodity. So we're pretty much trying to give the material in the best, like in the best quality to the recycler, to the recycling facilities. So that's why it's like you should rinse things. You don't have to give them like a perfect scrub, but just like do a light rinse. It's why you don't want to put any food, like have your old pad thai and then throw that whole container no. with the old pad thai into your recycling bin. But if you were to do like a light rinse of your tin can, that's fine. If there's still like a little bit of tomato left on it, don't worry. Amazing. And I also use that um, containers for change and I recycle all my bottles. Love that. (laughs) Amazing. So what does a day in your life look like Um, at the moment? I know you do a lot of education. You do like lots of engagement with the community, social media. Yeah. Walk us through. I know every day is probably different, but what's a general kind of day for you look like? Yeah. Okay. Well, every day is different, but (laughs) why don't I talk through what I've done today? Yeah. And then that can give you like a bit of a snapshot. So 
I'm lucky enough to live at Bondi. So I went for a swim this morning, an ocean swim. So there's like a group of us that go swimming. So did that. So I got up. Well, first of all, I woke up at five and I did some work first. And then I went down to the beach and swum from six till seven. And then because we're opening up this um, education space and sustainability hub um, at Central Station at the moment, I caught the bus into here and then I opened up the doors. Technically, we're not like a full open operation yet, but I'm just like, we may as well see if anybody comes in. Um, Then I did... I posted a TikTok video um, <laughs> early on because I'm trying testing out doing early morning TikToks. And then I would have answered some emails. Um, I went to a meeting oh from nine gosh. till 10. Um, so I had a coffee meeting from nine till 10 with one of our recycling partners. And then I came back to the space, did some more um, work. I recorded a podcast for one of the podcasts that I host Um, and then I had a meeting with um, our marketing girl Laurie which went for half an hour and then Zoe came into the shop so she is kind of like our packing she packs all of the orders and she'll also manage the shop so she came in and yeah was just like so got distracted and spoke to her for probably a bit too long um then I had a meeting with somebody who kind of works in corporate sustainability so they came to the space for half an hour and then I again it's Wednesday today for example so I pay all of our accounts on Wednesdays so I paid all of those and then did more emails in between um then I had a call before this at five 530 um, which was about a panel discussion that I'm on in a couple of weeks time and then I yeah did a couple more things with Zoe just because we're opening up the shop in a couple of um, weeks time now I'm get to the pleasure of talking to you <laughs> and then after this I'm heading to an event um, from 7 30 to 9 30. That is a busy day I will yeah. hand that to you. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, it's a pretty busy time at the moment. And I feel like it's one of those things like with April having quite a few public holidays, it's Definitely. great, but it's like you're fitting five days worth of work into four right now. And Absolutely. everybody's the same. So everybody wants things done quickly. And it's just like, yeah, a lot, one of those times, but I'm like, it's fine. It's all fun stuff. Like it's all cool stuff. It's not like apart from paying the accounts, everything else <laughs> is like good things to do. Exactly. And if you're passionate about it, it makes it a little bit easier. And if you're contributing to the greater good, which you are something I have been loving this past year and recommending to all of my startup and freelance friends is digital accounting service, Henry. Henry automatically calculates and pays your taxes as you earn. So you're always up to date with your tax. With Henry, you no longer have to worry about owing taxes. The money you get in your account is yours to keep. Go to www.hnry.com.au to get Henry. Sign up using the promo code HDYH to get $25 in Henry credit. I did want to ask you as well, um, you know, obviously climate change is a big issue as well in this space and we're hearing more about it increasingly, which is good. But do you think there is a bit of fatigue amongst people at the moment with just, I guess, some of that really negative messaging and the sort of losing hope. Do you think that that's sort of discouraging people in their feelings of just feeling like it's too big of an issue for them to make a difference? 
Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point that you make because it is one of those things when you kind of like I love to say like I'm here to help save the planet and like it's this like massive hairy audacious goal and it is but it's kind of like just I'm just giving it a go and I think with people it's so easy for them to feel disheartened to feel powerless to feel like they can can't make any impact and if I felt like that then I probably wouldn't have been able to do everything that I've achieved I think that it's really important just to be realistic so realistic in the fact that you can make some really significant impacts and changes in your life but also realistic that it's not going to always be perfect and that you're just going to do your very best and I think a lot of the analogies that I relate sustainability to actually come from the health and fitness industry and it's kind of like if you were to sign up for a half marathon, quit sugar, stop drinking coffee and start a bodybuilding, I don't know, eight week challenge on the same week. There is no way that you are going to actually stick with that and make that happen. But if you were somebody who, I don't know, started walking around the block, started running five kilometers, started not adding sugar to their coffee, and then I don't know, started lifting weights once a week, you're far more likely to actually make those significant changes and to have an impact. And I think it's the same with sustainability. It's about taking those small baby steps and looking at focusing on what you can control and not what you can't. So you can control your consumption. You can't control, I don't know, the way that your business, like the way that if you work for a big corporate, that business operates or what your local government is doing at a mass scale, but you can write to them you can recycle better, you can make more conscious decisions and more better choices. So if people want to go and follow Banish on social media or yourself um, or listen to your podcast, where should they go? Everywhere. I'm pretty much like (laughs) all over it. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, on Instagram, there is my personal account, which is at Lottie DL, like actually just written DL. And then um, Banish is where I share all of the education tips. So that's at banish.au. There is the How to Save Our Planet podcast. And then I'm also loving TikTok at the moment. So my personal TikTok account is Lottie DL spelt like properly, which I'm sure you'll have in probably the name of this podcast episode. Um, And then, yeah, I just share a lot of content all the time at Banish com.au so blog posts articles we have weekly newsletters um, as well so just pretty much do a lot of talking and educating all the time it's amazing work that you're doing and I absolutely love following you it's a joy I learn so much so I definitely encourage everyone to go and check you out and thank you so much for talking to us Lottie it's a pleasure to actually meet you (laughs) thank you so much for having me Enjoy your event tonight as well. Thanks. Such a pleasure to talk to Lottie. I really hope that you find that as valuable as I do. I know so many uh, businesses and yeah, even listeners when I did the question box during the week were asking for tips around this and. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How to ensure that they're ticking those boxes when it comes to being sustainable. I will talk to you all soon. We'll have another episode for you in a couple of weeks. If you would like to show us support for this episode and other episodes, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and any other podcast platform you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Howdy Hustle.